0: This is The Relevant
1: Podcast. It's Tuesday, October 6, 2020, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist and producer and mogul, Derek Miner. What up, though? Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to gospel artist, worship artist, pastor Tasha Cobbs Leonard. Mm. She's she's joining us uh, talking about her newest live album that she recorded with no audience. I love when y'all have oh, black wow. people on
2: the show. Like that jerk is. <laughs> it, 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 it. <laughs> like, you notice every time every, it's, if it's a black person or one of my rapper friends, I'm like, uh, yeah, wow, <laughs> <you>. hey.
1: <laughs> Coming up next, Fleet Foxes are joining us, and Derek's like, huh? We are. We are now in the getting into the thick of October. Like yeah. for all y'all above the Florida Georgia line." Probably nice and cool, getting crisp outside. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, lovely. Getting outdoors a little more, experiencing the outdoors. Uh, have y'all like COVID's getting a little bit more in the rearview mirror for a lot of us? Maybe just psychologically, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. Maybe getting a little more bold on what we're doing outside of our quarantine zones. Are y'all kind of getting back to normal life at all? Have you guys found yourselves back in the flow? going places that you used to go, all that kind of stuff. J- Jamie went to a football
3: game. And, and <laughs> I've, been, yeah, I've been on a plane
4: five times. I've been to football games. I'm just like, guys, I'm living it is my fall. life it is with fall. a mask on.
3: Uh, I, I crossed the big frontier, which was I took my first Uber ride since the p- pandemic. Oh, really? You know? uh-huh. Yeah, I was going somewhere, and and the place I was going, they, it was somebody's house, and they had limited parking. It was I've sort d- of. I've a, done
1: a few of those
3: uh, and, 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 yeah. and so they're like, if you if you're comfortable, please take an Uber. So, I I I was going. I was in the Uber with my wife, and now look, Uber's come a long way in terms of like what you can preface before you even get in the car, right? Like we're we're setting up the ride, and if you haven't taken an Uber in a while, you can now go and put, I prefer a quiet ride yes. right like you can go like so no, no conversation yeah. is your preference yeah. because Thank like you, I'm a chatty person and if we start chatting I feel rude like just pulling out my phone and act like the chat's over and it's better just to establish it <laughs> before you get in the car right oh, yeah. like it, because it's like you know Jerry Seinfeld with the doorman you know like where Jerry doesn't want to chop it up with the doorman every time he comes into the building and the doorman just thinks he's really rude and too good for him this, this eliminates that this is I press the button they get it I just want you know my wife have something to talk about in the back of the car, right? So we get in, so the Uber arrives, we've selected that preference and the guy opens the door and as soon as we start going you know, there's music playing, he goes I'll turn this down since you guys said you wanted a quiet ride. And I was like, oh no, I think he's misunderstood what this is about. And he's like, so where are you guys headed? And then I was like, he thinks you don't want any music. And now there's not even any music. (laughs) And and we're like, oh, it's this little uh, dinner thing, it's out this is in somebody's backyard. He's like, oh, he, dinner. He was, that reminds me. Um, you guys don't mind if I make a quick call. Uh, I'm really craving Olive Garden tonight, and I just got paid. Do you care if I call uh, my dad to see if he... And this guy is not young. Okay, this guy's probably in his late 50s. He was. do you guys care if I call my dad real quick and ask him about if he's going to want some Olive Garden? I'm really probably going to go to Olive Garden right after this. And we're like, okay, well, at least he'll be on the phone with his dad. Okay, it's like, we can chat. He's going to be talking. He's going he's to be talking about... You know the soup salad breadstick situation. Yeah. You have your convo, we'll have ours. That's fine. I was actually kind of pleased. So he dials it up and he puts it on speaker. Like it <laughs> no. That's huh? legal.
1: Yes, yeah, legal. You can't drive around with the phone in your hand. You got to put in it on my speaker. state. In
3: my state, you, that's not the law. You can you can drive with the phone at your ear, or you can put it in earpods like a normal human. When other <laughs> yeah. people in the
0: car, you can't put it in okay. ear
1: pods
3: while you're driving. That's illegal.
1: You cannot wear headphones while you're driving. You have to be able to hear horns. Well, he, he puts us on and
3: and he, he he um he he his dad answers he's like yes and he's like dad's gonna pick up some olive garden would you like some? He's like no I don't get paid until Friday, no olive garden. And he's like,
0: and
1: he's like this is an ongoing issue with Yeah, he's like, freedom. Dad,
3: I'll take care of the Olive Garden pay me back on Friday. I'm gonna stop at Olive Garden. He goes, son, I've been eating cheese and crackers all day. All day. I've eaten so many cheese and crackers. And they're yelling at each other about the Olive Garden. He's like, whatever, Dad. I'll be eating Olive Garden by myself tonight. And he hangs up. He's like, and he's like, he's like, a- as if we didn't hear the conversation, he's right. like, I'm gonna hit by Olive Garden after I drop you guys off. I would probably just be eating it by myself today because I've eaten all day. And my dad's filled up on cheese and crackers. So we're like, oh, gosh. Okay. So at that point, my wife, At that point, Dana gets a text about someone we know who is having some, you know, there was some, it was a health related situation, a yeah. very private, very serious. And Dana is relaying, you know, as she's reading, I'm like, everything okay? And she's like, you know, kind of quietly relaying some of the details of what's happening. Yeah. But at least I was thinking, at least this will get the guy to get the hint that we're talking yeah. about something serious back here. As soon as there's a pause in the conversation, yeah. he's like. So how is she now? Oh, no. He's like, it's really interesting. Let me ask a question about, and he's asking about the medical condition. And it was like, not only is it not a quiet ride, he's making it as uncomfortable as humanly possible. It was
1: was a profound misunderstanding. I know you answer this honestly. How many stars did you give him at the end?
3: I always give five stars. I, I can't always not give five, give five stars. stars. You I, always. I can't not. I can't <laughs> not. I, 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 you know, even when I see it, I, 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 as low as I could possibly go. If someone openly insulted me, it would probably be a three-star. Bare minimum. <laughs> I just feel that. <laughs> the whole rating the whole rating who knows if i give that a two how long he's got how many rides he's got to make that up you know and he doesn't know what about it was it the invasion of privacy was it the turning the music down was it the awkward yelling about olive garden with his elderly father how is this supposed to know if there was a more nuanced way i would have but i gave it five stars oh yeah
1: you did okay all right uh, so normally we just jump right into slices here but this i just want to take a second and uh, make sure that the listeners know some big news for the Roland Podcast fam. Uh, a few days ago, our very own Jamie Ivey released her newest book. Jamie, I want to uh, take a little minute for you to tell us about it and tell us Thanks, uh, the, the heart behind the book and
4: everything about it. Okay, I did. Look, I have one to show you. The listeners can't see it, but you could see it if you bought it. Uh, Mm. It's called UBU. Mm. It came out last Thursday, actually. Um, And I'm so Mm. excited. It's my second book, and it is a book, That I want to just cheerlead women to say, you can be the person God created you to be. You don't try to be like anyone else. You have talents. You have gifts. You have a purpose. You have passions. You have a voice. Now use them and do something with it. That is the message of this book. Wait,
1: why can't men be Mm. ourselves?
4: Men can too, but I just mostly women are buying my books. I, I, I'm going to send you guys a book. You can read it. Yeah. But, uh, send
2: it, send it girl. Women
4: and men, but I do speak mostly to women, not because, I need to, but it's just who listens to me mostly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, Your what was the... Your sons
3: are yeah. just over it.
4: <laughs> no, we don't listen no, my to them.
3: Jamie, you're, you're a podcaster, you're a speaker, you're a writer, and you know to, to commit one topic like this to a book, I mean, there there had to be some sort of impulse. It's like, okay, this is something that I really feel like there's this need for. Why, why did, was this a topic that you felt like you wanted to tackle for the book?
4: Yeah, you know, that's a good question because I hear a lot of women saying... Yeah, hold on, you've um, been
1: doing a lot of... Interviews rank it. That sounded like how good of a question was that in comparison. It was to actually a really
4: good question. But do you know what Man, I hate when I give it? Do you know what five I hate stars? when I do interviews? I five hate when someone actually Olive says five stars. I actually hate when people respond with how I just responded. I don't like it would be like oh that's a good question because really what that yeah. means is you're using your brain to think about how you're going to answer it. Um, <laughs> I need a beat I need to beat. Yeah. I need. I need a second. No, but I started to see a lot of women not believing that they were good enough because I mean social media plays a lot into this. Like we talk. Talked about last week, like this culture of Christian celebrities. And so they would start to think, man, I don't know that I'm even doing anything that makes a difference in the world because she has, you know, 100 million followers and she's writing books and she's doing this. Or even in your own communities, like everyone knows who that mom is. Um, and I just believe that we're women are believing a lie that says they can't do anything because their life doesn't look like hers. And so I think every single person, if you're a follower of Jesus, you bring something to the table. And I just want women to show up and do something. Like yeah. you have something to say and do. So let's do it. Now, I then,
1: know how publishing works. So you wrote this book before COVID, didn't you?
4: I turned it in last October, the first draft. Yeah. So
1: how wow. different do you feel the message will be heard in the world today than the world that you wrote it in? Like, is it... <sighs>
4: I don't think it's any different. Okay. I think that this is a message that could have come out after like Genesis four, when people start, we're believing lies about themselves, you know, like this is mm. what we've been dealing with our whole mm. lives. And so I think that the message stands today, tomorrow, forever. Until it Jesus comes it, it back. may even
1: be more apropos now because people have been quarantined. They're living their life on social media, comparison yes. culture. Yep. And, and some people's lives have really, been hard this year Mm -hmm. and they aren't thriving the way that some of their friends are and stuff. And some
4: people's lives have like thrived in this. I mean, they have like, you know, it's been really good for them. So They're going going to football
1: games, they're wearing floppy hats, they're just doing all the things. (laughs) Yeah,
3: (laughs) Doing all the things. They're just Ubering around. (laughs) Just
1: now. UBU. It's out now, everybody. Go check it out. Get it. Get it. Wherever you get your books. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices.
0: What can I say? I'm surviving, calling out these sheets to see another day. What can I say? I'm surviving, and I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna be fine. I think I'll be fine. Ooh, yeah, da da
1: da you listen to Bastille. The song is "Surviving." Ooh, I love Bastille. Do you really? Yes. So whenever I throw out like some some indie bands that we like, I am never sure like which ones you love because I know you love like uh, we've talked about uh, Tame Impala. I know I, mm-hmm. you you definitely love a lot of the music that we cover. But then there's some artists yeah. that you look at me like who like you know so right. I never know <laughs> I never know so. <laughs> I'm like bro, I got to read I read the music selection and I look up at Derek like that, yeah okay cool. Exactly. Wait,
4: Cameron why do you not ever look at me? Like you I, don't ever think that I've known any of these? I text
1: your I text your kids. I text your kids and say, "Hey, do you like the new Bastille song?" All right. Well, today's show is brought to you by UHSM. These days finding affordable quality healthcare is more difficult than ever. So if you're looking to save up to 50% on your healthcare expenses, listen up. You don't have to wait around hoping healthcare will improve in the US. Instead, join millions of Christians who are choosing health share memberships like UHSM. UHSM is a nonprofit Christian health share with a sole mission of helping you achieve your best health. Protect your health with modern health sharing from UHSM, including programs with prescription benefits from CVS Caremark, no cost telehealth visits, and access to 1 million doctors and providers. Satisfy your medical needs and save up to 50% with UHSM HealthShare. UHSM is member-to-member health sharing, and it's awesome. See why millions are choosing this Christian alternative to traditional insurance. Ask if you qualify for UHSM membership today. Call or text 833-367-8476. That's 833-367-8476 or 833-367-UHSM. Or visit uhsm.com slash care. That's uhsm.com slash care. All right, it's time for Slices!
3: What do you have, Jesse? Alright, I have, this is sort of a follow-up slice to something, I actually have a twofer. So, this is the first one is kind of a follow-up to something Jamie brought. Uh, we talked about in a recent podcast about how um, foods that we routinely eat collectively uh, on this side of the pond are often looked at as, you know, either gross or straight-up illegal in other countries like because of the ingredients within them. So, when I saw this headline, I, I knew I had to bring it because, um, I, you know, it's funny I listened to uh, an interview with, with Tom Brady on Dax Shepard's podcast a while ago, and he was talking about, you know, Tom Brady now, he's like 43, he's still slinging around the yard, uh, you know, in Tampa, and, uh, you know, but he's on this weird diet where, he, you know, it's it's kind of like just fresh veggies and sunlight and gargling salt water, whatever, you know, like he totally changes nutrition. And he was like, but when I was in high school and college athlete, my my idea of what was healthy is Subway. Like at 18 inches of subway, it was like, I made a good decision today.
1: Like, you know, remember that campaign with the pedophile where, uh, yeah, Jared, Jared. yeah, Yeah, he lost like 500 pounds. Jerry Seinfeld did a joke once. He was like, you know, is when that was going on, and he was like, How, what were you eating? To lose five hundred pounds by eating foot-long subs. <laughs> <Subway>. <laughs> <laughs> what were you eating before you were pounding footlong
3: subs? But but even even that, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like sometimes when I, if it's like between Chick Fil A and Subway, it's like you know I want to feel better about myself. You know, at least at least it's not like you know. You know, Chick Fil A has grilled chicken salads and stuff, right? You know, well, you know. Now, you know, that's that's just for show. Everyone's going through there.
0: <laughs> me,
3: That's-
1: every day, every day I get a grilled chicken salad,
3: uh, the spicy southwest salad from Chick Fil A. Well, well, when I go to Subway, Ooh. it's like you know, like I said, I can get veggies on there. I'm getting all of it. I'm getting all of it. Seems very yeah. well balanced to me. Yeah. bread, meat, and veggies. You're, an
1: entire, uh, you're eating an entire loaf of bread. That's how oh, At least you sure. have some veggies. Well, I'm, I'm glad, glad you. So that a- I'm glad you.
2: I, I want to add to that one. My f- basketball coach in eighth grade told me. That pizza is the most nutritious thing you could eat. What? Because you you have cheese, bread, so dumb. you can put vegetables on it. He literally, I, no, I kid you not, Mr. Potts told Mr. me Potts. this. Probably Mr. Potts. How the Mr. Potts told me <laughs> this, he said. How fat was <laughs> Mr. Potts? Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Potts was skinny. That's the crazy part about it. I Bro, Mr. Potts was a thin dude, but he says, he goes, he says, and he says in his country, uh, Santa Fe, Tennessee accent. He says, well, Derek, I mean, uh... Pizza is the most, the most nutritious thing you can eat. You got your breads, you got your cheese, you put spinach on it if you want. You get your protein from pepperoni. I'm telling you, man, listen, it's the best thing you can eat. So I'm scarfing pizza before... (laughs) You know, before practice, and, and that my side is hurting. Side <laughs> I, got is hurting. Bread, I got all this bread in my stomach after I'm running. <laughs> but I was just, I'm sorry. Just, I just, I'm sorry I hijacked no, it.
3: No, just... I no. Mean, I mean, look, the food pyramid that I learned <laughs> when I was a kid, it was like the bottom, the biggest one was just bread. It was no, just yeah, like, yeah. Look, make sure you get the bread. Don't forget the bread. Like everything else, you can just pyramid a, As long as you got a little fish on top, you're good. You're good. You know, like that was literally what <laughs> yeah. we Talk, you know, uh, and this and this has to do with bread because anyone that has eaten at Subway, it's so the Jim Gaffigan uh, joke goes here. Yeah, like, if you go into Subway, if you're in there for you know any more than just like 90 seconds, you're gonna smell like bread exhaust the rest of the day. Like, <laughs> I can tell if I'm in a room, I can tell if I'm in a room <laughs> with someone. Be like, that guy went to Subway today. That
0: I, can, I can, smell it. It's, it's like
3: radiating off of him. I don't even know if it's an odor, if, or if it is some sort of just you know. Know, just radiation from that big uh, oven thing they have there so uh th- so quartz and a- okay the other thing funny thing about this slice not just because of how uh twisted our ideas about uh nutrition are but just how poli- what are political issues in this country right now compared to political issues in other countries let's say ireland where where there uh where, where where this story happens to uh take place you know because there, there's a lot of conversations that we're having in our country, that have to do with the Supreme Court. Well, right. this actually has to do with the Supreme Court of Ireland, and hmm. uh, a recent a, a re- recent case that uh, included. And here's a quote from from a story from Independent Ireland, uh, uh, the newspaper. <clears throat> included a consideration of whether bread sold in Subway sandwiches fell outside the statutory definition of bread. What? A five judge court. Just think about this for a second. Okay. Five judges of their Supreme Court had to make this determination. They tied up the time of five judges of the Irish Supreme Court to make a ruling that, quote, the bread in In some ways, heated sandwiches falls too outside the statutory definition because of its sugar content. It it is too sugary to be legally classified as bread.
1: This is in line with what Derek talked about last week. All this American food that other countries are going, nope, that's not food.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, technically, this is food. Man. It's just it's against the law. It's to call dessert. Bread. That's all. That's all. It's it's dessert. dessert. It's like when you when you order like cheese crackers from the store, and it's like S C H E Z. You know, and it's like well, we're not, we're <laughs> not calling it cheese. Yeah. yeah. yeah it just right. happens to be a word that exactly if you pronounce it phonetically, it just sounds exactly like cheese. Legally, <laughs> where there's a nice little loophole. Um. So, I, so but what do, I do they have to bro- do? Do they have to put the word bread in quotes on their signs or yeah, something? It's 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 undecided. I mean, uh, I think, I think Subway is opened this just, yeah, yeah bread, like B-R-E-D-D-D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fresh break or, bread.
1: Or, or to D-D-D-D. make it more European, B-R-E-D-D-E. Bread. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'll, find, they'll find a way around. Yeah, That's but fancy I'll ta- bread. I'll say
3: this. I'll say this. Be- because the violation was had too much sugar to be required bread, I'm not going to lie. That actually makes me want Subway more. Like, because I'm an adult and I am no longer <laughs> delusional enough to believe that a Subway d- uh, sandwich is a healthy decision. I would, if I were a Subway marketing person, I'd be like, our bread is so sugary, it's li- illegal to call it bread in Ireland. Come get one. I'm like, dude, I got to try that. I got to try this illegal <laughs> yeah. bread. That, you know, that, that's so their second point.
1: So they're going to make a cereal out of it next. All the, the sugary,
3: you know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> what are we doing? Just do? tear are up are a sub doing? dump milk on and are it, eat it for breakfast. Doing? Okay. So I, I, did I, did, I, did, I did promise a twofer. And, and and you guys may have seen this. Uh, there was a a video that was making the rounds uh, recently of a neighborhood in uh, Toronto where someone had filmed one of those Boston Dynamic robot dogs just trolling strolling ro- around the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, people were getting freaked out because if you guys don't know, at looks like it's basically a robotic dog. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if of you course. guys yeah. watch Black Mirror. There's a really iconic episode called Metalhead, where like this weaponized robot dog from the future. is basically a, it, it is it's a it's like a 45 minute horror movie, and it, it but it basically plays on what happens if these things get out of control. Uh, so Boston Dynamics, when this video is making the rounds, had to issue a tweet because everyone was freaking out, and it said one of our spot robots was recently filmed while out on an evening stroll with its handler, who is one of our commercial customers. The customer was conducting routine mobility tests of the robot and kept it away from people as required by our terms of use we are excited about the peaceful productive well-supervised uses of our robot dogs for commercial applications such as power generation construction and process manufacturing weird because they're using them in Singapore right now to stroll around parks to make sure people are social distancing the same dog is being used in parks right now in Singapore to walk up to people that that It can sense if there's a group... Of a couple hanging out in a park, and it will walk up to them and and with an automated voice tell them that they need to maintain physical distancing. And this is actually the government uh, actually put these into the parks. So even though the even though the company says it's against our terms of use to do things like this, they're already being purchased by governments to do things like this. Uh, It's it's a weird story, uh, but also interesting. And of course, I because these are being commercial are commercially available. uh, I went and looked. Uh, how much they would cost, and anyone uh, you, guess the price of how much one of these would cost <sighs> you if you just want to pay for it? A robot dog, twenty grand. It's it's more. more. It's quite a bit more. It's it's let's say you took two hundred. Let's say you took a what's what's the tax bill for like an average billionaire and times it by seven hundred and fifty dollars $75,000. So you just take the tax bill and pay paid 100 times and it's $75,000 is how much one of these bad boys will cost. But like you said, they're already being used in a way that is against their terms of use. I don't really care. I, it doesn't bother me at all. I actually think they're kind of cool. But I did think it's Skynet. funny that like, uh-huh. hey, we're telling you not to use it like this and governments are buying them to use it. Exactly in the opposite way that there were. Yeah, that's what's going to happen with to.
2: technology. It's just yeah. if, if I was an artificial intelligence that was built to protect humanity, and I watched the the debate. I'm taking over the world. Left. Left. You, you, do you, you, guys, you, you guys need me more than you. You know do what, they're better. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, and then they use their computers to hack into the Subway ovens, so and they're like, put more sugar in there. Put more sugar. We'll make them very Keep unhealthy. Get them sedated.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
3: Sugarized yeah, Absolutely.
2: And bread. Yeah. All right, what do you have, Derek? Um. So... What I have found is pretty cool, but also very scary since we're on Black Mirror Tech. Amazon has a flying indoor security drone that they are getting ready to sell. And that just screams, for me, Minority Report.
4: Oh, I love Future that movie. Crime,
2: like, Yeah why because we're living in that world right now like that's what is developing the future crimes uh-huh. thing is of nah, now it's one of my favorite movies and it's so crazy that i remember seeing that and it seems so science fiction and crazy but it's we're moving very, very close to a a, a You said this like is an that. indoor security a, drone. Yeah, Amazon indoor security. Amazon drone.
3: Amazon owns Ring,
1: like, right? The Ring doorbell. Is this is through yeah. so yep, it's, so it's, it's a Ring security drone that will fly around your house for security purposes while you're not home, and it'll keep mm. an eye on the entire property. And then it'll go it's charge crazy. itself and then fly around and stuff.
3: That that, that, that seems, uh, you know, a, a little bit of overkill, but it also seems not very fun. Like, do you remember a couple of years ago, Cameron, you might remember this. I think we, I think years ago. I, I am almost certain that years ago when we were at the, the the office that was in the old bank building, I think we bought one of yeah. these and it was one of those balloons that are shaped like a shark, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and it has a helium and it has a little motor where yeah. you can uh, do the tail and you can, can control it, you know, yeah. and it looks like a shark swimming through your house. It would be way more fun if you just put a couple of those bad boys out. Blimp sharks! (laughs) They're whimsical, they're hilarious, and it's not like, it's not as terrifying as having a drone. Like, if I'm a burglar, right, and I'm at the house peeping in, and a big blimp shark comes scoting by, I'm I'm getting a good laugh and be like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm not messing. That seems like, Kevin, that that seems like Home Alone level right there. Like, I'd be more afraid to break into the house that I feel like a child has booby-trapped with drone sharks than or, or blimp sharks than I would with some weirdo with a, with an indoor Amazon drone. I would be like, no, there is a, there's a kid waiting behind that doggy door with a BB gun. And you're going to smack my face with an iron hiding in the ceiling.
1: My only thing is like people already, you know, are, are skeptical of, pe- of, of cameras getting hacked. People, a lot of times will put yeah. like electrical tape yeah. over their, their, mm-hmm. their camera on their laptop and things like that. If somebody hacked into your ring account, yeah, and you're asleep. You're done. And, and all this of a sudden is, you done. wake up and that drone is just over you. Flying around. just like no. looking at you. The camera no. is like, you're done. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm good. I'll pass on that one, guys. Just let no, you know. Did, I'm they, to. Like did they
1: say when this is coming out? I saw that it was next happening year. next year. There you go. Yeah. yeah I'm I'm a pass. I'm an early that. adopter of tech stuff. All. So I'll, I'll test it out for you guys. And then you okay, can hack okay. in and just watch me whenever you want.
2: You can just.
4: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah
2: there's gonna be some freaky dicky stuff happening <gasps> there is gonna cameras. be that's, I'm, that's I'm, I'm the gonna, thing I'm that you gotta know.
4: know that people are gonna be like oh we have, a, we have a camera in our house so we can turn it on whenever we want no uh-uh i'm out that's why that's why sliding <laughs> in your kids room while
3: they're sleeping indoor blimp shark is the answer guys it's too whimsical <laughs> yeah i've posted a link uh in you know the show notes whatever. but you guys can observe <laughs> and be like okay that is hilarious and awesome well, i'll take blimp shark any day of the week <laughs> all right what do you have
2: jamie
4: I actually had the same story as Derek, which is funny. So, uh, I got, Dang. <laughs>
2: did I, did I, did I cut your, that did, it was us. It's okay. I wasn't supposed it's okay. to do that. But sorry. I do have
4: something funny. There's a, there's a website about it that is saying, okay, we have a few questions about this. Like number one, uh, can we decorate it for parties? Um, You know, what is, what, uh, how does it map your house? Uh, how far can I throw it? Um, what if it, what keeps my dog, cat, monkey, parakeet from swatting it out of the air? Um, you know, it's kind of things like that. It's kind of funny, but I am I am a no for this, you guys. Although, Lime-shark. as a mom to four kids, there have been plenty of times I wish I had a camera in the house when we weren't home. But people have cameras in their houses already. I, That's I, not I a do. new thing.
1: I do. Yeah, like I'll be out of town and I'll see you go- come on. I'll get the alert on my yeah. phone and I'll like look and it's like. Cohen stop by to pick up something, and I'm like, "Hey, buddy, I'll talk. I'll like talk to him through the camera." You know. So I
4: guess the only difference in this because you already have that. So the only difference is that you can you can pick this up. It's it's docked, so it says it's not filming when it's docked, and then you can have it pick it up and it knows your house. So when you get it, you kind of map it out, kind of like those vacuum things, yeah. and then you could. Control it and tell it to go check out a room while you're gone. I mean, one of the things we're saying is like it'd be good for like, oh my gosh, did I leave the stove on? And then you're like, get on your phone, turn on your little thing. Like,
1: I would think instead of having to like have cameras all over your house, you could just have this one, and it would just kind of like
2: monitor everything with one purchase as opposed to three or four purchases. I'm more, I wouldn't, I'm not necessarily worried about the, the home camera as much as I am if this becomes the norm. And I'm walking down the street and there's a there's a security drone because I'm on, you know, I walk in a Dollar General or walk into Walmart and then, you know, it, in a Walmart parking lot, there's a security drone. It, and it like follows right you. It
1: identifies. Oh, suspicious. Um,
4: and then Tom Cruise jumps out of the out of the bushes and takes you down because you gonna take your eyeballs out. Remember Minority Report, you guys? Oh, my gosh. That's such yes, a good movie. That's listen, why. Guys,
2: listen, guys. I'm black. So dude, it's like law enforcement, <laughs> robot law enforcement. Like, at least I feel like with human law enforcement, I might be able to be like, Hey, I got to do... robot law enforcement. It's like, you know, Hey Murphy, like RoboCop. I'm not cool with RoboCop. You know,
1: it's inevitable that these drones will be part of retail security. And then I do. robot dogs will be part of retail security. And like, It's going to happen. I mean, it's here. It'll be commonplace within five years, I would think.
3: I'm a fan of the most intimidating form of surveillance, which is what they use in old 80s action movies, which were basically VHS cameras in all the corners, and they had a red light, <laughs> so you know which one is on at all times. <laughs> so so, cool. so you. when you go for the heist at the cargo yard, all you gotta do is jump out of the way when the red light comes on on yours, and it like looks over at you, oh, no one's over there, We're gonna sweep over here. But they're very
0: intimidating. <laughs> very
3: ineffective. It seems like it's very easy to pull off a heist. Those in laser fields, I would go with the laser field because i derek burglar to Catherine zeta jones dance her way through my living room they're going everywhere good good luck in my laser field in my 80s video cameras
1: think about it though derek like uh, obviously already not only amazon but another other companies have gotten approval to be testing uh drone delivery that happened yeah. a month ago or so so you're walking through your neighborhood And drones will be flying around, buzzing to front doors with packages, you know, security drones will be protecting the perimeter of somebody's property, you know, like, don't walk up on my property, drone will come confront you. Like, this is a future, this is like back to the future too, but like real life.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, um, you know, guys, we ain't really figured out the just non-drone situation so just adding drones into that just i'm like i don't know guys this this doesn't seem like we're going in a direction that's going to be going to create all right here's a question all right here's a, how, what do you do with a drone that racially profiles a person yeah.
1: or facial recognition identifies the person as, as a mistake they did in the past and then boom they're like on top what of them do you, what what do you do? What do you do with that legally? Right. Like, what do you do right. with that? But
4: can I ask a serious question? How would a drone racially profile unless it was programmed to do that? Is that, a serious, is that an okay Artificial question? Artificial
1: intelligence would learn patterns of behavior and criminal statistics and whatever. And it would identify that this person is more likely than another type of looking
2: person. I mean, that's AI. So All it's these- just
4: what people do now.
2: So there's an extra there there's a study that talks about it's not even just it's not even just at the AI level. it's at the person programming yeah, the yeah yeah the person that's programming the AI, their biases will be in the right. AI. But then the mean?
1: AI will take them further than they were even programmed. Exactly, yeah. they'll
2: grow. They'll grow in those biases. It, you right? you
3: already see that, and it's been exposed through through some recent reporting in like algorithms used by like the mortgage industry to establish like mortgage yep. rates yep. in certain neighborhoods. That you know, and, and so it, it effectively it's segregation via algorithm because the mm-hmm. the the initial programmers determined that certain areas of town in their assessment were higher risk for lending but what what it affected it took out any it, it made it made an, a discriminatory algorithm that that targeted uh, you know disenfranchised communities right? and it, it just self perpetuated it's you know but because the people at the initial programming stage you know allowed their biases to influence the algorithm and then banks pulled out of Economically depressed
1: areas, which then made the economically depressed areas impossible to get loans, which then self fulfilling prophecy. Then those houses went down; they weren't maintained. Then crime comes exactly. in, da, 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 da. and it was because if you look at the 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 separation between the haves and the haves nots in America, and you look at, like driving block to block, you cross the tracks, and like there's a visible difference in neighborhoods it can go back to the banking practices that changed after the second world war, the lending
4: Didn't practices. Right about this color of compromise. Is that Jamar Tisby? And this whole thing that yeah. he wrote about in the book about yeah. that. Yeah.
2: It's about banking. Yeah. Bias. It, it's, yeah. yeah the, redlining, effect, huh? and the effects of redlining yeah. and the effects of Jim Crow, just like, okay, I like to use this example. Every time I talk about race relations, it's the idea of this. If we believe that what happened 2000 years ago with Christ can change literally today, then the idea of redlining that happened back mm-hmm. in the early 1900s can change what's happening today. So it's if you point a straight line slightly off its course in any general direction, the more time that the, it goes in that direction, the bigger the gap between the original intent and the line that, that 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 that's going. So my thing is with the AI, the person creating the AI, if that person has a, if, if there's no black people helping program the yeah. AI and we're left out of that conversation, then the most well-intended straight line going in the wrong direction 50 years from now is Way a Look at yeah. the
1: lack of diversity in the tech industry. I mean, both Period. gender and racial yep. diversity is a huge issue in Silicon Period. Valley. All right. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Tasha Cobbs Leonard joins us. <laughs> You're listening to Salt, not S-A-L-T. It's S-A-U-L-T. It's fancy. Song is free. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, singer and songwriter and pastor Tasha Cobbs Leonard is one of the most successful gospel artists out there today with dozens of awards, chart-topping accolades, huge songs. She has 2 million followers on social media. She's had 2 billion streams Of her music as well. Our very own Tyler Huckabee sat down with Tasha this week to talk about her recording her newest worship album, Royalty, live with no audience and the importance of having and keeping mentors. Here is some of our conversation with Tasha Cobbs.
5: My father was a pastor he started pastoring when i was 10 years old um and, and he started to groom me and cultivate the um communicator in me so i was actually groomed to be a preacher teacher you hear a lot of that even in my worship a lot of people say it's like you you prophesy teach and we worship all at the same time um and I believe you hear that foundation of um teaching and preaching. So for years I didn't really I didn't really start leading worship until I was about 15, which I'm considered a late bloomer, and it just happened by happenstance. We had a choir. I grew up in a small town. We had a choir and I was like the the instructor over the choir. I didn't lead any songs. And there was a song by Kirk Franklin called Now Behold the Lamb. And we were singing that song at a concert, and the, and the guy who leads the song got in a minor car accident. And so everybody started looking at me saying, Tasha, you got to lead the song yet. And I was like, I don't sing in front of people. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> and so that night, I ended up singing the song with my eyes closed the entire time my parents were in the room. And when I opened my eyes, people were, in, they were crying. People were in the floor in worship. And so I'm looking at my parents like, okay, there's something." Here, my dad is looking back at me like, Ooh. "So after that, we really started to cultivate that gift of leading worship um, in me." But it was—I was a late boomer, She was about 15 years old. Mentorship, absolutely, is one of my passions. It's extremely important. Um, There are so many um, examples of mentors in the Bible. You know, when you think of Elijah and Elisha, you think of um, uh, Ruth and Naomi, you know, so many um, examples of mentorship. And um, probably about 10 years ago, just like going and starting leadership in different places, different conferences, and people would come to me often and say, "Hey, I want you to be my mentor. I want you to be my mentor." Of course, during the time I was thinking, I I don't know enough to tell you anything, you know. And then my mindset about it, <laughs> my mindset about it was, you know, I always felt that mentors were some people that you can touch, got to be tangible, you have to be in your your face all the time. And I later found out, you know, no, that's not really the case. The Bible says to study to show yourself approved. And that's not just books or scripture. I study people, you know. So Cece Winans has been one of my mentors for years before I ever met her. I was watching how she navigated the worship. You know, I was watching how it, she helped her husband lead their church and still was, you know, this icon that we love. Um, and so I, I, I believe Holy Spirit just kind of showed me people don't really have to be able to touch you. You know, you just have to make yourself available and and put the information out there. And praise God for social media, you know, the the internet. I'm able to put information out to people I may not ever see. So there are people around the world who literally call me their mentor. I may not have ever looked them in their face, but I can constantly shoot out information to them. To this day, you know, a lot of my mentees share with me how, My testimony, my transparency, you know, has helped them in ministry. favorite album i love all of my albums but there is something very special about this one um, it was a sacrifice of worship and praise for my husband we went through some things leading up to this that were very challenging um, for me and so i believe i had to minister to myself as well as all of the other people that i was thinking about too um, and so you hear that in this record there's a song called in spite of me Just really, it has like this pop feel to it, old school R&B vibe almost, but still a worshipful song. And it's the first time that I played guitar as well um, on a project. So I played on that song in spite of me, but it's just one of my favorites. It it speaks about um, me personally. The song was written by this guy, his name is Dante Bo. I was done with the album and I, I was standing here, I was talking to my husband and I said, I feel like we need one more song. It has like this pop vibe. And I immediately text Dante about an hour later, he sent me this song. And I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. Um, And so that song, because of all those different little nuances of the guitar, the different styles, it's something fresh for me, um, but it still has that worship feel. It's one of my favorites. one of the things i'll never forget is we did it for an audience of one. There was literally no one in the room. It's a 2700 seater theater and um i, I decided i really felt like you know this is something we needed to, to document. I want my children when they look back 10 12 years from now, i want them to be able to say oh how my parents they weren't silent in the pandemic at the church was still very very relevant you know i want them to see the empty pews i told them even as we were preparing for a creative and production one of the first things that i said was i want you guys to get shots where they see the empty pews and everybody was like what oh my god (laughs) so i explained that to them i was like i don't want us to be it to be a secret that the church was alive and well during this time we may have been home I, i think this is one of the most creative um seasons of the church ever i really believe that we have been stretched creatively to be um relevant i'm so very proud of the church in this season i think our voices have been heard i believe more people now have been have had an encounter with god than ever before you know because no no matter where you look online you're going to see someone preaching someone teaching someone talking about about jesus christ and i think that's awesome
0: Look what you done. Holy, I cry with angels. You are holy. Your grace. So each day,
5: each hour, everything about what we're doing is reminding us that we're in a pandemic. So when I go into a worship space, I don't necessarily want that reminder. I want you to remind me of the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to remind me that we serve a God who is peace, who is joy, who is grace, who is life. You know, I I believe that our worship space, even in our teaching, our singing, it should be, yes, we're not, we're not going to deny the fact that we're in a pandemic, but I think we should glorify and magnify that God is much bigger than where we are. Um, so I, 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 I say just I think we need to be led on that, uh, utilize um, um, just wisdom in that area that we're not all Always reminding people that hey, this is where we are, and our songs need to address that. I i have been very conscious about that, even in our our worship at our church, to make sure that we're not always saying, "I know we're in a pandemic, but you know, I know we're, in, you know, everybody is aware of that. Make me more aware of Him."
1: That was Tasha Cobbs Leonard. Make sure to check out her new worship album Royalty wherever you listen to music.
5: But it's only Tuesday. And while we acting like work ain't in the morning In your meetings, fast asleep and yawning Waiting for tonight to let it all go But it's only Tuesday You got friends, I got friends, we got friends Valet, please don't scratch the pins You have
2: been we are big. We have been mm. Let's find out. You're
1: listening to Duckworth, the song is Weekend With a question mark. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week on the Tuesday show, we asked you, we we played uh, that, uh, Jesse for a Slice brought that Leroy Jenkins clip from the early days of internet virality and how some of those old classics, you know, stand the test of time. And so for this week's question of the week, we asked you to send us your favorite all time viral internet videos. This this, moves so fast. That there are some classics that we just have forgotten about, and they only happened a couple of years ago. So, you guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You also posted on the episode post on the Relevant Magazine Instagram page. Here are a few of our favorite
0: clips.
3: Okay, so uh, Joshua Barham. this is one I'm surprised. I, I consider myself, uh, you know, an expert on time wasting viral videos. Um, <laughs> but this one, it was sent to us by Josh Barnum. and it just simply said the best. And the title is "Old Man Can't Say Buttery Flaky crust I'm in. I'm laughing at the title. I remember I'm this one. I'm laughing. I'm laughing they were at shooting, the a vi- shooting a commercial for a
1: restaurant. An old man and an old woman, and they were supposed to do like customer testimonies like how great this restaurant was. Hit it, hit it, Clark. The line
3: is in a buttery, flaky crust. Baked in a buttery, flaky crust. Baked in a buttery, <laughs> flaky
4: oh. crust. Baked in a buttery, flaky crust. Baked in a buttery, flaky crust. Yeah. Baked in a buttery,
1: flaky
4: crust. She's I helping him out. In baked in a buttery, crust. flaky, flaky crust. Here, we go. Here we go. Baked on a buttery,
2: Crispy, crushed. Crispy. Crispy. <laughs> Crispy. Oh my god! Oh man! He's going
4: and going and going.
3: That's funny. He it's funny. It's like gets that. Poor guy. I, there's one where a guy and, and it's far. It's it's arguably. It has more profanity than, like, five Martin Scorsese movies. And it's the one where the guy is filming his RV commercial, and every time he messes up, he has a meltdown. It is far too profane for this podcast. Honestly, I don't think Apple would even want it out on the iTunes store. Like, but if you can find it, and, and, and you don't mind uh, just hearing someone unleash a tirade of profanities every time he makes the mi- most minor mistake. Uh, and watching a, a human... RV man, R V salesman just melt down. It's like I that Christian that Bale job. clip when he was shooting yeah, the movie a movie. And- exactly. <laughs> that that Christian Bale that looks like a Pixar movie compared to this RV commercial.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, here's this one. I haven't actually seen this one, but Andrew sent in this one of George um, George W. Bush. And I don't know if this has been revealed to you guys yet, but I just think George W. Bush is like one of the cutest old men I've ever seen in my entire life. And so I have a crush <laughs> on <right>. him. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, all so right. this, is what, this is something about George W. Here we go. We must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can To stop these terrorist killers. Thank Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. (laughs) He's on the golf course. (laughs) Yeah, he's talking to reporters on the golf course. That's great.
3: The terrorist killers. Now, watch this.
2: Profound
3: drive. lack of self awareness. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's great.
2: That's, the that's him working well, on the
1: golf course. Working from mm-hmm. the golf course.
2: All right, I got the legendary one, my homegirl, Sweet Brown. You know the what I mean? Best. On an apartment fire. So, Michael Ledner, thank you for bringing a good oldie but goodie. You feel me? Go on, run it big dog.
4: One resident describes her horrifying experience <laughs> when she first realized the complex was on fire.
5: Well, I woke up to go give me a cold pop. But then I thought somebody was barbecuing. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. But then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. And then the smoke got me. I got bronchitis. <laughs> Ain't nobody got
0: time for that. <laughs> That's the best ever. It's the best ever. The
2: thing I love about her story is she took that thing and ran with it. She is now currently estimated to be worth $2 million. Are you kidding wow.
3: Good for her, uh, man. How? Good for her. She's now
2: currently, yeah. She I think do? just, she, I mean, she became a local celebrity. So she's like getting money for all these different. Appearances and all that stuff. So yeah, she's she's like good for her. Yeah, ain't,
4: good for her. Yeah, ain't nobody got time it. for that. It's good for her. Nobody
2: got time for yeah. that. Oh, she sued Apple, so she made. I'm looking at this. She sued Apple and made money off of that. Oh, that's funny. Um, they, they probably, and she's been making commercials for local people in Oklahoma, so she's getting paid okay. off. Of that. Hey,
1: if you are not, yeah, so she's going crazy. If you're a barbecue restaurant in Oklahoma City and I, haven't hired her. To be right. a spokesperson, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. Hey, there's one more that we can't play here either. But you guys seen it where the reporter is reporting and he's like, got all serious, <laughs> and then the bugs
0: come around. It is I mean, there's town. It is and that never gets old. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> my wife cries every time she watches that. that. She, yeah, it, it, Ray,
1: um, Ray, Ray, Ray Guevara said, uh, "How to play oceans on the drums" is his. is oh, his, yeah. his all time great. That goes for Neil Perk
3: here. Yeah. So
0: we'll rest in your embrace, for I am yours. And you are mine. Oh.
3: It goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. Oh my up God. Up. The, the, electric drum sound, the electric drum sound is what really kind of takes it over the top for me. And I just appreciate that. <laughs> that way up. I don't know, Derek, you've, uh, you've probably spent uh, some afternoons in a guitar center. That is always <laughs> happening on the electric drums. You go to any guitar that center from their opening hours to the close time and there's somebody on, a, on an electric drum kit with headphones <laughs> leaving it all. It's like Garth in uh, like in Wayne's world, that scene plays out in guitar yeah. centers around Derek. Is that not true? Oh. And
2: I, I have a I have a, I have a couple homies that work at various guitar centers, and they say that that is the thing that drives most people to quit. Oh. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> not <laughs> stop
0: this drum solos.
2: Thirteen-year-old kid ripping the mess out of a, a guitar with the biggest amp they can find, and it's just awful.
1: Love
2: it. <laughs> just for day in and day uh, out.
1: Well, there's a lot more where that came from. Go check out the relevant podcast instagram or twitter feed for the more it's really funny stuff. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. At the beginning of the show, uh Jesse was telling us that part of his new fall routine, coming back mm-hmm. to life, he's uh venturing out more. Yep. He's taking the Ubers. And uh he told us about his uh, memorable ride. Got us thinking about memorable or awkward, uncomfortable Uber experiences. We want to know your most awkward Uber experience. We've all had it. We've all had that driver. We've all, we've all got Uber stories. So hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post on this episode page in the comments at the Relevant Magazine Instagram account. Many thanks to Tasha Cobbs Leonard for joining us. Check her out on Instagram at Tasha Cobbs Leonard if you want to be one of about 2 million people.
2: Just killing it. She's going crazy.
1: Also, while you're online, go check out the all-new magazine.com. We've got great new things happening there. Uh, you may notice that we're now debuting a new video series, Relevant News. You'll be hearing more about that as we move forward. But uh, go check out the video content we're publishing at relevantmagazine.com now. Uh, We've got our new fall wellness series that's going on now. We have daily features, obviously news updates throughout the day. Go check out relevantmagazine.com. While you're there, you can also check out our September-October issue of Relevant for free. You can read it. Cover story is Maverick City Music. It's out now relevantmagazine.com. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone.
5: Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine, a new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com.
3: No, I don't get paid until Friday. No olive garden.
4: Relevant podcast network.